Hi everyone, this is Andrew Levy and this is the uh, first podcast of the uh, new podcasting season. We're all settling down and I guess that one of the questions we're all asking is, well, what do we expect this year? So let's uh, look at just a very, very broad scan uh, of the horizon, the view from the bridge, as one might say in nautical terms, what can we expect? Now, in, in fact, I was thinking on the way to the studio what would I call the podcast? And I think, in a sense, uh, the words um, after the deluge came to mind. So the deluge has happened. What happens now? Well, I'm not quite sure that the deluge is, in fact, over. And I think there are two founding assumptions that I make about the uh, years ahead. And the first is that COVID is not going away anytime soon. It may become milder. We all hope that it will. It may well be that the herd immunity that they speak of will, will kick in. The more people that are vaccinated, well, that makes it easier. Uh, the strain will become a little less virulent. And ultimately, it'll be in the background like flu. But it's not going to go away anytime soon. The second assumption that I make in terms of that one is that the economy will not be shut down again. Not unless we're looking at a really, really doomsday scenario. The damage it has done to businesses, to individuals, to households is really something that perhaps was necessary at the time. I wouldn't criticise but I think that uh, the government will do absolutely everything in its power to avoid that. So we are going to have to live with this as an ongoing thing. So bear that in mind. Now, because of COVID over the last 18, 20, 24 months, a number of very significant things happened. The first thing is if I look at the average level of wage settlements, I am astounded. Now, you may have heard me say before that Figures describing labour market dynamics move very, very slowly. So you don't drop from a settlement level on average of 10% one year to 6% the next year. Uh, you move down in very, very small stages, incremental stages or decreasing stages, rarely greater than the order of magnitude of 1%. In fact, uh, you, you won't see 1% and frequently less than half a percent. The fact of the matter is, however, that the difference between the average level of settlement in uh, 2020 and 2021 was, in fact, 1.9%. Now, that is absolutely massive. That would be the equivalent, uh, I'm trying to think of a comparator here, of the JSE or the Dow Jones dropping 30%, 40% in one day. I have never, ever seen a move of that order of magnitude before, and I don't know that I will ever see one again. So that is absolutely huge. And of course, things come in its wake. The first thing is that obviously uh, employers are going to say, at last we have settlement levels which are more realistic. We're not necessarily getting these above inflationary increases, and this is something we like. On the other hand, there is absolutely no doubt, and we need to be uh, realistic about this, that the standard of living 
of um, working people. And I'm not talking about the unemployed here. That's a completely different issue. Their situation is absolutely desperate. But the standard of living of working people, and in particular those people at the lower end of the wage distribution, has been more than proportionately affected by the inflation levels. Now, yes, inflation averaged 3, 3.5, 4.5. It's now going up slightly. But in reality, that's across the whole basket. If you look at some of the components, and in particular the components which are the greatest uh, expenditure of the household income, you're looking at food, rent, transport, electricity. Many of those things have gone up by 30% or more. So, of course, the less disposable income you have, the more you are a prisoner of the inflationary process. And so, obviously, uh, the unions are going to want to, and the employees as well, return to the previous levels of settlement as quickly as they possibly can. So, we've got, I wouldn't go as far as saying the uh, rock and the hard place in this situation, but we certainly have two uh, very entrenched positions, both of which have logic behind them, and it's going to be difficult to find the via media, the middle road in all of these things. Now, at the same time, I think we've got to realize too that the unions, uh, despite the fact that their membership and their power has diminished, they still talk a good game, but with the loss of jobs comes the loss of memberships, with a lack of growth means that the pool of membership is not growing, is that their power is not what it was. Uh, having said that, they've always talked up their game and done it very, very well. But nevertheless, it's not as strong as it may have been. But despite this, the unions have shown they have been very, very willing to go on strike and to stay on strike. So if you have a look at the number of strikes that we had last year, as opposed to the year before, bearing in mind, of course, the year before was full of short time and closure, and if people aren't working, they're not striking, but nevertheless, there were one and a quarter million man days more lost in 2021 than there were the year before. That's a very significant figure. And if you look at the strikes at the end of last year, and certainly some of the strikes of this year, I'm thinking Clover, for example, six weeks is uh, not out of the question at all. So it looks as if strike propensity is certainly going to go up. Those are things we can expect. Of course, the other real concern is GDP growth. Is this economy going to grow? And when you see growth forecasts of 2%, 3%, 1.8% or whatever the case may be, you need to remember that that is being measured over the year before. And of course, because of COVID, the year before, GDP plunged. So if you were to plot it on a graph, uh, you would see in point of fact that throughout the world, there is a standard pattern, which is a deep V-shaped curve. It falls very rapidly. It recovers very rapidly. And then if you look at the rest of the world, the major world economies, it recovers. It actually exceeds the previous level for a very short period of time. And then it starts to tail off again. The problem in South Africa is we've got the same V. 
which is typical of an economic shock. Maybe we'll talk about that at some stage. But we've got the deep V, but in point of fact, the recovery point is about 20, 25% lower than it was when the decline started. So in other words, our recovery has only been 70, 75% of where we were. So we're measuring our growth against that, which means that our growth is still going to be very, very um, mooted, and it is not going to be um, anything to shoot the lights out. And just in passing, I tend to take the view that many of these growth forecasts are slightly optimistic, uh, but I hope to be proved wrong uh, on that one. I'll be very happy if I am. But behind the lack of GDP growth lies the, not the elephant in the room, the herd of elephants in the room. Um, And that, of course, is the issue of unemployment, which just grows and grows and grows. Um, And no matter what government says about its pledges to create this number of jobs or that number of jobs, it just gets worse and worse. And the fact of the matter is that until there is radical labor market reform, and I mean radical labor market reform. So, for example, we've got to stop the extension of centralized bargaining agreements through bargaining council. We've got to relook this whole issue of access to the CCMA and abuse of the process, issues of that kind of nature. Until those are addressed, we are not going to deal with unemployment for the simple reason that employers do not have the appetite to employ. And what government conveniently forgets is that government doesn't create jobs, employers create jobs. What government can do is create an environment in which employers want to create jobs. And we're nowhere near that at the moment. And ultimately, if you cast your mind back to uh, one of the most serious events of last year, and I'm referring to the, uh, the riots, the Zuma riots, if you will, then behind that lies the almost daily eruptions on service delivery, on dissatisfaction with corruption in local municipalities, with the failure of the basic essentials such as sewage, lights, water. All of these things are constantly there. And at the end of it, they get back to the issue of the growing number of unemployed. So this really is the single biggest issue that we face. And if my point of view is correct, and I obviously think it is, then until we get this radical reform, we're not going to make a dent. Uh, And of course, the unions are going to fight tooth and nail against any kind of uh, what they would see as rolling back. And indeed, they they are correct. It's like the old song, um, you know, how do you keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris? If people have been used to a certain exercise of of a, a right, quote unquote, Um, then if you take it away, uh, you're going to be facing resistance. So I think if I were to, uh, in a Wagnerian sort of manner, say what is the leitmotif of the year ahead, um, it's going to be heightened tension, heightened conflict against a background of a still depressed economy needing to recover um, and with the reality of we're going to have to trim our sails to manage with the possibility of other waves of COVID, although hopefully they will become less and less frequent, less and less virulent. So there it is. 
I hope that uh, you won't emulate me, uh, which is after you've listened to this, go and lie down under a bus. Um, it's really not that bad. We've coped with a lot worse in our time. And um, I think that uh, if you want a little ray of optimism, always remember what Professor de Kivit said many, many years ago in his uh, uh, seminal work on the economic history of South Africa. He said, if you look at South Africa's economic history, what you will find is a series of political disasters followed by economic miracles. Well, I think it's true to say we've had uh, a number of political disasters, so here's hoping that the miracle will arrive. So if you want to see more detail as to uh, the actual questions we're going to uh, answer, if you want to do your booking, then go to our website, www.andrewlevy, one word, lowercase, L-E-V-Y is the Levy part, .co.za, and you can click on the form, download it, and uh, I hope I'm going to... uh, See you there. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.